I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. <laughs> Hi, Alana. Hi, Sasha. Welcome to Free Period. Yes. Today, we have another family member on. We do. If we did every family member of mine, it would be nine people. Yes, it would be the whole season. It'd be the whole <laughs> season. <laughs> but instead, we have my wonderful father, oh. my dad. <laughs> I, I mean, Steve, Steven. I don't, I don't ever call you by your name. No, you never do. And let's not start now. <laughs> that just felt weird for me to interrupt you. Like, it's I my know. dad. Steven. I didn't know if you wanted me to do that. Because I don't know. Because I know him. Yeah. I mean, you know him, too. No, I mean, but that was beautiful. That when was we beautiful. walked in, my dad goes to Alana. <laughs> it's my other daughter. <laughs> um, when Alana and I got here, we are at Universal Studios. Yes. <laughs> We are here at Universal Studios live. And when we got here, I was like, oh, don't worry. They know me here. We got in. She said nothing. The woman at the gate. Yes. I was like, oh, no, don't worry. They'll recognize me. I later. know where I'm going. And then I knew where I was going. We ended up driving to New York City. Yeah, we ended up in New York. We somehow took a, a wrong turn. We, I think we passed the mummy part of the tram ride. And we were like, oh, I think we've gone too far. Oh, you went to New York Street. We went to, we New, went York to New York Street. Street. We ended and up in New York. I've been coming here since I was born, basically. <laughs> Right? I mean, you've been I on was, all the rides. I've been on all the rides. You've, you've been in my golf cart. I used to take you on a little tour up around Western Street and mm-hmm. Spartacus Square. Yep. And took you to show you the tank. I showed you to the lake where we shot a little scene from Jaws in the lake back there called Falls Lake. Yep. So I used to give you the whole tour on yeah. the lot. And all yet, the kids. And yet. And yet we, we still ended up, ended up in New York. York. Sasha's like, I swear I know where I'm going. I'm like, I swear. It's just been a while. I just need to refresh my memory. Um, and then we got very stuck at the gate getting in because we didn't know if it was an exit or an entrance. <laughs> so getting here was a classic Alana Sasha. We're in middle school yet again. Yeah. Us trying to figure it out. Um, so dad, I know every... Actually, you might surprise me today, but I know so much about your childhood. Alana does not. Our I listeners don't. do not. Though, if they've seen the Fablemans, they know way more now. And we are just going to start with the question, were you cool in seventh grade? Was I cool in seventh grade? Well, I know one thing. The word cool was a popular word in when I was in seventh grade. And I was not popular. Therefore, the word didn't apply to me. <laughs> but people use that word to describe each other. Yeah. And I never had the word applied to myself. I, I only had heard the word you know um when people a car came by and a convertible top and a bunch of guys and girls with ponytails jumped in the car and uh that was cool and of course i got on my bicycle and rode home (laughs) (laughs) but it's okay so sixth grade we're just gonna talk about we can talk about all of high school we can talk about sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade did you ever feel cool even as it like into senior year, did you was there ever a moment where you were like, oh, I'm starting to get a handle on high school or was it always just here I am on a bicycle? You know, it's, I, I felt cool when I was amongst the uncool. Mm. So there was always a kind of hierarchy of, 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 of uh, being the coolest kid in the uncool pack. I love and, it. And, and I only felt cool. When I had a movie camera in my hand and all of my friends 
who basically all grew up and became extremely cool. But we were all in that awkward period in seventh grade, and I was making little movies in the seventh grade. And when they were, and they were all in my movies. They were either uh, working on the crew where they were in front of the camera, and that's when I felt cool. But I, I don't think that was it. it, it di you didn't win any popularity contest test making movies in eight millimeter when you were what, 11, 12 years old. We would have thought you no were cool. We would have seen, yeah, Alana yeah. and I would have thought you were cool. We would have wanted to be involved somehow yeah. in the movies <laughs> that you were making. If, if, if I could throw a football or catch a baseball, that would have been really cool. Because is that what, so explain to our listeners and Alana where you grew up and what, you know, where were you for middle school? What I consider to be my ancestral home is Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona, because, you know, I was, we moved from New Jersey. I, I went from the third to the fourth grade. And so I moved, we moved from uh, Haddon, Haddon Township, New Jersey, directly to Phoenix, Arizona. We stayed at the Parkley Alice Apartments in near downtown Phoenix. I went to a fourth grade school there. Grandview was the name of the school. I used that name in the Fablemans for the high school that Sammy and his sisters go to. I just sort of used my first Arizona school name for the school in the movie, Grandview. And, uh, but it wasn't a high school. It was, an, it was a middle, elementary to middle school. And I, I went there. And pretty much was in Phoenix all the way up until the end of my junior year in high school. Went to Arcadia High School in Phoenix, Arizona. My dad got transferred again, which is what brought us from New Jersey to Phoenix. My dad left RCA, got headhunted by GE. And then my dad got headhunted by IBM. And that's what moved us to Northern California. So I completed high schools uh, both semesters in Northern California. Got it. I mean, I, when I watched The Fablemans, my favorite, I think, in the first 10 minutes, because one of my earliest memories of being Jewish was not seeing Christmas lights on my house mm -hmm. and me asking my dad and my mom, like, why do we have the darkest house during this time? And they were like, my, I think my dad made some offhanded comment, like, what do you mean? What do you mean there's no Christmas lights? What do you, what, you want Christmas lights? Like, no, he was not. But having that explained to me as a young Jewish girl of being like, we don't do Christmas lights, and I felt seen. I really did feel seen from yeah, that I, scene. I, I guess in ancient Egypt, if they, uh, <laughs> in ancient Egypt, you know, they didn't need the tenth plague to to identify the lamb's blood on the lentil. Right. You know, <laughs> all they needed was to go past the house with the Christmas lights, and that's where the Jews would be safe. With all right. the dark houses, they would have been <laughs> yeah. spared. Yes. And the Christmas lights would have been doomed. In, totally. in, back in ancient Egypt, I don't think that's out of sequence with what really happened in history. But I just know that I used to negotiate with my parents. I was absolutely um, ashamed and embarrassed that we were the the dark house on the block. And there were not a lot of Jewish people on our block, so you could look up and down the street. And our neighborhood used to win contests every oh. Christmas for the best neighborhood. Crystal Terrace Avenue, we used to win contests. The neighborhood did. Oh. And people were... It, Going through our neighborhood in the snow with Christmas lights festooned everywhere, the traffic was bumper to bumper. People would slowly drive up Crystal Terrace Avenue looking at all of the Christmas lights on both sides of the road. And, of course, they would go past a house that uh, was dark. And that's where we lived. And I kept getting, trying to get my mom and my dad. And I, I, I said, can't we just put Christmas lights around the door? No, we're Jews. Yeah. Okay, can we put a menorah in the window with different colored 
light screwed into the menorah. No, we're Jews. Yeah. Can we put a red light screwed into the porch light? Could it be red? No, they'll think we're a brothel. You know, and so finally one day, um, I decided my sister Anne and I, she we got a color we had a color wheel in the house. I got an extension cord, plugged in the color wheel, took the color wheel outside and aimed it toward the front door. While the cars, by the way, were just just enjoying all the Christmas lights on both sides of the street. And I put on a sheet like Jesus and I put red paint on my palms and I basically stood up against the door. And I was I was a crucifix on the door of the house, <laughs> and all of a sudden we we attracted so much attention for that, and I got punished. Oh my God! My dad freaked out. My mom actually thought it was pretty cool. My mom thought it was really funny. She, would have thought she that started was laughing. Experimental. But theater. my dad didn't like that at all. And they sat me down and they gave me a big lecture about pride in Judaism. Yeah. And I, I said to my mom and dad, I am proud, but. Can't we have Christmas lights like everybody else? <laughs> and I shot that scene for the Fablemans. I was there that day. You were day there that day set. we shot that scene. I, that scene didn't make the cut of the movie. Yeah. Because the beginning was kind of mm-hmm. long and I was trying to shorten the beginning. But I shot that scene. Yep. I was there for that for that shoot. Also, speaking of seventh grade, even conducting this interview, I was in I know, the you were leather. In- <laughs> I was in the leather chair, but it kept squeaking under. Like every time I moved, it was like... Listen, just do you hear that? It's folly. It's folly. It's folly. <laughs> it's folly. And so I had to move to the ground. So now I'm you're, sitting. You're just cross- covering for your dad's flatulence. <laughs> you're, you're being so kind. You're such a wonderful daughter. You're covering for me. I'm like these chairs. They just keep making noises. <laughs> like yeah. a whoopee cushion. But it is. I, I'm also, also. This is how we record in my house too. You're always on the floor. And I'm always in a chair. I prefer the floor. I, I I'm like mom. I think I prefer sitting on the ground. Yeah, Kate likes to sit on the floor. Kate. Even say Stephen and Kate. Um, okay, so yeah, I was gonna say that's like exp- I mean that is artistry, that crucifix moment. That is a, how old were you then? You must have been much younger, I think. Oh, I was seven. But I, but I but I know that when we go back to talking about uh, what what is cool. Yeah. You know, I had always felt that when you had to recite in class or you had to do a a verbal book report and you had to stand up, that some of the kids that would actually have read the material and processed the material and absorbed it through their own age and experience and then would interpret it for the class when it was a great interpretation of something, I thought that was ultimately the the coolest thing. When somebody could stand up in class and impress me, you know, and sometimes it was surprisingly some of the most popular kids in school Oh, really? Impressed me. And sometimes it was the kids that weren't so popular that impressed me. Would you go up to them after class? Do you feel brave enough to talk to them? Like, Uh, what were your interactions like with the popular kids? Well, the interactions were basically with the popular kids. Um, I would be too shy to walk up to any of them and start a conversation. Um, There was a girl who I had a big crush on. Her name was Janet. Don't remember her last name. And I was trying to talk to her for a whole... I guess, year in school, and I didn't have the courage. And then one day I had an excuse to talk to her. She had a little thing on the tip of her nose, and I just wanted to caution her. I said, "Uh, Janet, you have something on the tip of your nose. And she went, oh, thank you. And she reached up to her nose and touched it and looked at it, and it was was a booger. Oh! And she she just, I think think she just stomped off. Shut down. She just stomped off. She was so upset, she stomped off. And that story is in the Fablements. I actually used that story in the Fablements. But um, so, so I never really 
could crash the popular kids. But what eventually worked when I got a little bit older and I was making my movies were getting a little more traction. You know, you know, well, not traction so much. They're, they're <laughs> like getting, Jaws. Uh, they were getting a, a, a little more uh, complicated in the production values. You know, I'd be go off, I'd go off and make westerns and little war movies in the Arizona desert. And I would need leading men and women to be in my movies. And so I'd go to a lot of the popular kids and say, would you like to come out Saturday to Camelback Mountain and be in one of my films? And they would always want to do it. So I ingratiated myself to a lot of the popular kids in school through, through both through my own movies, directing them as my leading men and women. And also I was in theater arts in high school, right? And so I loved, you know, being a student director on stage or being a production manager. And we did... What did we do? We did Guys and Dolls as a musical. We did Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, we did I Remember Mama. And I was always really active in those school, you know, middle school and high school productions. And there's a whole other level of popularity because then you are grading on the curve of the culture. You're grading on the curve of the arts. And everything else falls away. It doesn't become important at all. But do you find that that still applies today where you, you know, casting popular kids? Because I, I feel like that even we always talk about how we're still seventh graders to this day. And I feel like in, in a lot of your movies, there are quote unquote popular kids as the leads where they, yeah. these like hunky, beautiful, sensitive, but intense characters. And I wonder if like seventh grade or middle school still applies today, or do you still feel like you're in seventh grade? No, I, I definitely got them. <laughs> I, I push, I push past all of that, and now, and now they they just exist as good material to make movies from. Yeah, you know, and so uh, I go back really, and I'm very nostalgic as you are, yeah. Sasha. You're very nostalgic, and we both love to go back into the past. Katie, uh, you know, her mom, my wife, is not nostalgic that no. way, but but we are, and some of the other, some of your siblings are nostalgic. Yeah. Not not a lot of not them. Not a lot. I I. I in, I mean, we t we kind of talk about this on the podcast. I'm extremely nostalgic. I'm the one who's always sending friends videos, mm -hmm. old videos of them, photos of them. And I just, for once, want to be the recipient of old photos that I've never seen before. I would love someone to surprise me with like an old photo of me from college that I've never seen because I've seen I've looked through my archives like mm -hmm. my archives my photo <laughs> library I mean I've been I've been documenting and taking photos and taking videos and making movies since I was so young with the Barbie you know I made these Barbie movies and I had a video camera and um, so I'm constantly sifting through old material constantly constantly and feeling that sick feeling in your stomach it's 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 this bittersweet feeling where you, yeah. you want to it's a knot in your stomach and you want to cry, but you also want to relive old memories and go back. And I feel like I must, I mean, I'm obviously got that from you because I think even, you know, I found a diary entry from when I'm uh, 12 and it's like, I'm, I miss when I was 10. Life was so simple then. No fights. It was just CPK on the weekends and dance for kids on Sundays. <laughs> CPK on Saturdays, dance for kids on Sundays. And my only friend was Layla. Now it's just so much more complicated as a 12-year-old. So even when I was 12, I'm like missing the year 2000 and 2002. Right. And that, I think, applied to... I don't know if you do this. I, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you about this. But when I'm in a place in my life where I'm happy... Rather than being present in that moment, I start worrying about how I'm going to miss that moment. Yeah, I'm the same way. Really? 
Yeah, I'm the same way. When I reach a level of, of you know, nirvana, I say, well, this is going to be short-lived. Yes. I'm going to be remembering this for the rest of my life. Same. And I don't enjoy the moment in the moment. I'm same. always mourning the passing of the moment. <laughs> Me too. We got we to gotta, we gotta fix that. <laughs> what do we, we do? I don't know. We got to work on that. I remember, uh, like, uh, on my wedding day, which dad was there. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. Oh I'm sad about it every Alana day of my life. I'm sad you weren't there. Alana. I know. So sad. Uh, she was playing DC. You were playing DC. It I was, was playing DC. You actually talked about. You're like, I, I think we can do it. I think we can get there. I was like, oh, I don't. I don't. Helicopter. Even, I've never. I've never done. I've never had to get somewhere so quickly. And I was I like, know. I'll play this show. I'll just. I just won't play five extra songs. I just like I'll yeah, play the show. I'll get, I'll get on a plane. I'll go to your. I'll make it for like the first dance or something. Oh my god. Well, at the wedding, I remember I, I was very present for that, but I also knew I was like, "Yikes! I am setting myself up for deep nostalgia." And just, I mean, since the wedding, I'm like, I don't even want to see the footage from the wedding yet because, yeah, because I want to save it. I have cut together my own camera footage from my phone, and and I have not sent it to you because you have said countless times I'm not ready to be nostalgic yet about. The day I met, you know, I I, I married Harry. I'm I not know. ready to do that yet, but I've got a standing by. I you know are. you do. I'll get, I'll hit you up when I'm ready. But I, uh, yeah, I, as a kid, I was always so nostalgic, and I remember, you know, even just like over the summer, you never shot movies during the school year. I think that was a rule that you and mom established, or I don't know if it was just coincidence, but we were always on we were never in school when you were shooting movies unless they were taking place in LA but like on location like for Saving Private Ryan we were in Ireland and England and that was summer right yeah that was summer but also all you guys went to Krakow in January February of 1993 to make Schindler's List and you lived four and a half close to five months in the most brutal cold winter I've ever experienced and you were all there in Krakow Poland and you know the schooling was done. You know we you were you were um, homeschooled. Yeah. And so sometimes when I couldn't shoot a movie, when I needed the winter, and I would shoot a movie in the during you were taken out of school because mm -hmm. I could not um, I could not recon reconcile because I would I would lose my train of thought. I would lose all my I'd be worried about my family, and I would miss you right. so badly that mom we you know created a situation. Thank God for her, mm -hmm. where we basically took your kids out of school and traveled. Yeah. Yeah. But I but but I remember like a year after whatever location we were on, I would be nostalgic for that time. Yeah. And it was like England was Spice Girls. I was seven, eight years old. That was Saving Private Ryan. And we and that house in England. I mean, we must have only been there for three months. But which like, Spice Girl did you meet when we went to that show? We went to the premiere. Hello, Spice World. We went to the premiere of Spice World. We did. We went to the premiere. I met all of them. And of them, I right. actually was just thinking about this and trying to remember Ginger was the nicest. So was Mel B. Mel C was also lovely. I love Mel C. And Baby Spice, I was, that was my, Ginger was and my, Baby we were my favorite. We always wanted to be, because she's blonde. Yeah, because she was blonde. Yeah. She was blonde. Alana and I always wanted to be the blonde. I know. Tiny little Bit, button nose. Button nose. Big eyes. Baby all, Spice. Yeah. It was never Baby Spice on the on the playground. No, and I, I was always Sporty Spice. I was cast as Sporty. Sporty Spice. Why? We're not Sporty. No, not Why were we Sporty? You played soccer, to be fair. But, like, I wasn't really that Sporty. I played volleyball and football <laughs> to fit in. I played football to fit in. Which was very cool. Flag football. Um, and I remember being like, I, I'm running back because it was the only position I knew when someone asked me what position I played, but I was not running back. It I was know, just I'm like, the, I don't even know what running back it is. It was the only position I knew the name of, but I was not running back. You used to come to all my games. I was kind well, of. I, I came to your basketball games. Oh, yeah. Please. Just to watch you. 
uh, uh, just to watch you run around and then defensively put your hands in front of your face whenever they were going to pass you the ball. <laughs> You went into a position like, not me, not me, not me, not, not me. And you literally put your hands in front of your face like you thought the ball was coming between your eyes. And But but then when it didn't come to you, you get back into that defensive position and you'd be bouncing around the court and then they get ready to pass it to you and you duck and put your hand over your forehead. Oh Don't God. pass it to me. And it cracked me up. Oh I was, I was, you were playing the part of oh a basketball God. player. Yeah, when when I was not in the eye yeah. line of a player. It's something visually you really need to see. Oh yeah, I'll do a visual of what I'll I'll do it and post it on Instagram of what even I did. Know you played basketball? Oh, you played, I played ball? Oh Volleyball? yeah, you did play ball. You played I, ball at my middle school. At, you know, in fifth, sixth grade, it was so sporty. My school, my elementary school, that I feel like there was no real like theater program, so I I had no choice but to just be sporty. Play ball. I was fine at volleyball. I was fine at it. Um, I tried football, never did soccer, and then basketball. But that's famously the... What did you play? I played soccer because my dad... Well, the thing is, my dad tried with Esty, my eldest sister, because my dad was a professional soccer player. And he tried with Esty, my eldest sister. But instead of her being aggressive, like my dad... I'm sure my dad... I mean, you've met my dad. I'm assuming that he went on the field and was like, my daughter is going to be the best. Like probably like bragging to all the other parents. And right. then Esty went on the field and was doing like pirouettes and picking flowers. <laughs> and like my dad probably like had a brain aneurysm screaming at her being like, Esty, the ball is that way. <laughs> and so then my dad, when I was younger, I wanted to obviously like I, I wanted to, you know, be with my dad all the time and I had said can I play soccer and he goes you will train for six years I trained for six years to be a part of AYSO oh which you is, were AYSO yeah you pay to get on a team it's not even like you audition for a part in a team like <laughs> you pay someone they put you on a team and then you just play and my dad wouldn't let me join AYSO until I trained for six years. For six years. And then by the time I was like, I think I started playing in middle school. And then by seventh grade, I was like, I want to go to bar and bat mitzvahs like on the weekends. And like, I can't play. I can't play ball. I know. <laughs> I can't play ball. I got to go to bar and bat mitzvahs. So I think I, I played for like two years on AYSO and then I was done. Yeah. But he made me train. Like we would do. I mean, that was like our father daughter like thing. But I was like, dad, just let me play. He paid to get you in. So eventually they would pay to keep you playing. Yeah. Ah, yeah. He thought he knew. And then I was he had like, a plan for you. Yeah, he did have a plan for me. And then I, um, you know, I failed. I failed. And then music. Like, and then music <laughs> happened. I'm back a, with music. My dad but. had a plan for me, too. He wanted me to go either into electrical engineering like him. But I was so bad at math. I think it crushed him that I did not have the capacity to understand basic algebra problems. And um, and I think that was really hard on my dad that I didn't have that part. I got sort of my mom's DNA more than my father's when it came to art or science. And my dad was a scientist. Um, but that was something that um, I know that he really wanted for me. And it, it was hard. it was sad to disappoint him. And I tried really hard. I mean, I really worked hard. He got me a math tutor, which made it worse because yeah. you know it's it's a real art to be a teacher. In, in anywhere in the world, you, 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 I, I believe the teachers are artists because you, you have to be able to communicate complicated you know, equations but find visual metaphors to make kids like me that didn't quite, were more visual than I guess you'd call it um, um, uh, you know, um, logical. Yeah. I, didn't have a, I didn't have strong logic or like math logic mm. in, my, in my brain. 
Um, but it, made, it just muddied the waters. It made, it made it a lot harder for me because some of these teachers that my parents hired to get me to, my dad hired to get, get me to be a better student at math and science and chemistry, uh, they just they just made it um, unfathomable. So so I really avoided it. But I, I know that my dad, when I got older and I, I became a director and we'd have these long talks about that, my dad would always say, well, gee, Steve, I always wanted you to be a... You get into the computer industry like me, but uh, I'm really happy that I get to go to your premieres. <laughs> so you obviously were around when Sasha was a teenager. Obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was Sasha like in seventh grade? Like, what, what do you remember dropping her off at school? Like, what, what was her vibe when she came home? Like, what, what, like what, was, what was Sasha about? In middle school. When Sasha was in middle school, I used to always say there was no radar ever invented that would detect Sasha that would show that she was the cause, the root cause of some of the things that our, her siblings got blamed for. Stop. That, that she, she you, you, don't, you, you don't describe to that, but there were so many times <laughs> where Sasha would always be the invisible girl. Having having you know done something that somebody else got I got the rap pinned on them. Was Theo the most of the time was he blamed? Oh yeah. Was it Theo? Oh yeah. Theo yeah. got yeah. grounded. Theo was grounded every weekend. Yeah. Theo, Theo got bl- blamed for a lot of stuff. But I didn't know that he didn't do some of the stuff he got blamed. It was all Sasha. Yeah. But, yeah. But, like for instance, you know, if there's two kids and one kid starts screaming, "Stop it! Stop it!" It could be that Sasha is pushing Theo <gasps> with her finger, poking him in the arm. While she's doing that, she is defensively yelling, oh stop my, it, oh stop it. God, so when Sasha. I come running upstairs, Blasphemy. Theo is, is, is implacable. He's not reacting. And Sasha's <laughs> kind of crying oh as God. if Theo did something to Sasha when she instigated the whole thing. So, okay. <laughs> the mastermind of the family. This is the You're legend. bright red. Sasha's bright red. Right I'm bright now. red because I'm like, this has been my... I've Print been the legend. <laughs> Defending myself for so long. Every time we're at a dinner table and we're talking about, okay, this was pre seventh grade though. Okay. I would say this was more like third, fourth, fifth. But okay, fine. But six, seven, eight. I six, seven, eight, nine. This ten, was eight. your no waughing. Your no oh, waffing well, stage. Yeah. yeah, you can talk about that too. We're okay. very open about. Well, you can talk about anything, honestly. Okay. Um, but I, everyone says I was like the sneakiest. You know, I was the one instigating everything. I swear to God, I just wanted peace. And Theo's the one who hid under my bed and lifted it. That's true. And Theo's the one who did. Theo and Max would totally like gang up on me as a kid, all the time. The two of them, and maybe. I just think blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy. I disagree. I'm just okay. That's well. Okay, continue. Anyway. Well, you know, I today I walk. You know, I, I'm very nostalgic. So, uh, all the kids occupied an entire wing of our house that we that we currently we've always lived there. Yeah. Kate and I, and it's we we have an empty nest because the kids are all on their own, and there's a long corridor where all the bedrooms were where Sasha and all 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 of our our kids lived, and when I walk down that corridor. It used to be a. It was always a clean corridor. There was a rug. It's not there now. There was a really pretty you know, rug with different rainbow colors on it. Mm-hmm. But there was always one room with a bedroom door closed, with nine or ten Barbie dolls all lined up outside the room. And Sasha would not sleep with the Barbie dolls in her bedroom because she said, "When it gets dark in there and I start to go to sleep, they come to life." 
and they start moving around. And so they can't sleep in my room. I'll play with them all day long, but I basically have to evict them when the sun goes down. Oh, my God. I truly believe they would come to life. I really believe they would come to life. I mean, really. I know you All did. my stuffed animals, but then all my stuffed animals. No, you thought they would all come to life. Sometimes, sometimes it wouldn't just be Barbies. Yeah. It would be a rabbit and a turtle yeah. and a bunch of other plush toys lined up outside. Only your door. Yeah. Well, I think I think I also thought they were out to get me because during the the day I would put them in compromising situations that yeah they would ha- seek vengeance later. So I get <laughs> this it before or after Toy Story. Did you like see Toy Story? Oh, and I you want... were like no, it was this is before Toy Story. Before so you were you. you I'm gonna sue the writers of Toy Story. <laughs> um, I no, I I really had an imagination. Well, I mean, I really had a, a vivid imagination, and I was so I was terrified of everything. But it that me being terrified of it only made me more obsessed that's why you're a good audience because what i used to do to put them to sleep at night i tell them all stories i go from room to room telling my kids uh, bedtime stories i make them all up and um and sometimes i'd come and i'd have a little laser pen with a little either green or red laser it was red light. it was red laser light and uh i come into the room and i just crack their door open this wide maybe two inches wide to get the the tip of the pen through and I would turn it on, and they knew that that red light meant Tinkerbell was coming into the room. And I'd fly the I light around the ceiling and down the walls, and Sasha would always put her hand out. And I'd try to aim the laser so the laser would wind up in the palm of her hand so she could be holding Tinkerbell in her palm. Are you And Yeah, and, and then I'd try to time it so when Sasha would slowly close her hand mm-hmm. i turned the laser off so she th- would think she had captured tink inside of her inside of her closed hand right? movie magic yeah oh my he God. just he just did that with me <laughs> I did. not theo <laughs> i didn't know no i did it with the guys not with the boys not the guys but that was the and then also you did snack stories before bed sweet stories sweet stories not snack stories were they snack or sweet Stories. Sweet story. No, sweet Saturdays and sweet Sundays were when we were allowed to have sweet cereal on the right, weekends. Right. But nice. snack stories. It was called snack stories. And that's when. So my mom was very health conscious, I feel. And then my dad and I, I think to this day, like you and I have the exact same taste in food. Yeah, we do. Like we love that. Mom likes dark chocolate and like nuts. <laughs> dad and I like Twinkies and oh, the best. fruity pebbles. And yeah. like we like the sweet, you know, naughty stuff. But I. Um, pop ups, toast and pop ups. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Pop tarts. Yeah. Um, but you would do something called snack stories where you would come into my bedroom before, which is so funny that we would just right before I fell asleep, the small cup filled to the rim, but behind your back, you kept it behind your back. I didn't know it was in the cup and you would tell me a story, but then ask me questions after the story. It really set me up for like English class. But it was about (laughs) comprehension. I was asking you stories. I did make sure you were paying attention to the stories. Exactly. It was SAT, (laughs) tutor before SATs. Um, and you would... If I got a question right, you would <gasps> take out a snack and right. I close my eyes, open my hand and then and it was actually a very trusting exercise because I really did have. You, you some... couldn't look at what the snack was I gave you. You had to taste it yes. and identify the snack. Yes. But you were giving me like Twinkies and stuff before bed, which is really <laughs> funny. That... So how many how many listeners do you have that are now suddenly going to say that I corrupted my children? <laughs> No. With, chemi- with chemicals, oh I gave them chemicals no. before they it went to sleep at night. It was the nineties. It's yeah, forget everything's we forgiven. We didn't know. <laughs> we Mom, had dial up. We had dial yeah. up. Yeah. Anything before dial up, nothing. But yeah. then I was telling you know Alana on a recent podcast. I was saying that 
you know, I used to be very, you used to drop me Theo Sawyer off at school when I was in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And you would blast the guns of Navarone. Over and over again. (laughs) The intro. The intro? Yeah, the James Robertson Justice spoken intro that opens up the, this is the Carl. This is the movie that was directed by J. Lee Thompson, uh, Carl Foreman's uh, uh, Guns and Navarone, and and there's a spoken intro which, as a kid, I when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, I memorized it. See, mm-hmm. and I would sit in the car and I would first put on the soundtrack without the spoken words, and then I would speak. Greece and, and the, the islands, islands of the, the Aegean Sea have given birth to many myths and legends of war and adventure. These once proud stones, these ruined, enchanted temples, bear witness to the civilization that flourished and then died here. And, and I go through the whole thing. It was like four minutes oh, long. And you'd blast it. It would be every day. It was a monologue, and it was every day. And Theo and I would be like, Dad, stop. Yeah, turn it down. In the back turn it car. down. Stop, stop, Because it was so embarrassing to us. That, like, imagine me in sixth grade just trying to be cool, and then my dad rolls up, like, blasting this g- guns of Navarone. And I remember, Theo and I asked you to drop us a block away. Do you remember when we'd ask you to drop you us a block away? You didn't want anybody hearing the music or the spoken words in front of the drop-off line at the school. I was so embarrassing. So you Were you wanted, heartbroken? Were you it, heartbroken? It wasn't that I was heartbroken. I think there's a little bit of the grim fairy tale aspect of my comedic relationship to my kids. Right, I tortured them a little bit. Yeah. I would push it a little bit too far. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. When they would scream, "Dad, you got to, you got to drop me off before school," I would say, "Well, that's that's dangerous. You could get killed." Oh yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. And then. No, and then seventh grade came around. That's when I went to Marlboro, seventh, eighth, ninth, and then that's when I started. You would come to see me in plays. Well, I love the plays that you did with Emily. Emily Goldwyn. Emily, we talk Goldwyn. about Bat Boy. Oh, let's talk about <laughs> Bat, Bat Boy. Boy. How about Bat Boy? How we about Bat Boy? I've seen so many videos of Bat Boy photos. What a production! Emily. What a Incredible. production! It was an epic. It was my it, peak. Insane. My it was peak. a high school epic. I my loved peak. it. I, I'm sad I wasn't there. Emily, both you and Emily killed it. Oh, Emily was a star oh of school God, after they that. Just, they, I couldn't believe it. I, and I knew at that moment that that daughter of mine was going into show business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave it my all. Um, I have another character of called Lisa, and, and Rick and Lisa are actually quite similar. I, I have a lot of characters, which you bore witness to. Well, Sasha has the best up. Australian accent I've ever heard in my life. I, I don't. I made Sasha. We had to do a video for Australia, and I panicked because I don't know how to do an Australian accent. So I sent Sasha a text message <laughs> to be like, can you say these lines and send me a voice note? And you're like, of course. You did you a were, really good job. But it's because I was mimicking you. But you're really, I need to mimic. I can't. I have to mimic you. But this is why you're an actor. <sighs> like, this I'm is the, why. I'm in the movies. You're in the movies. We're on the movies. Technicolor. <laughs> Kella. A Kella. Um, but I am curious to hear more about, like, not to make it about me. We all want to hear. I'm I having the best time be- hearing about your childhood. Because it is interesting to get a parent. We haven't had a parent, or we've had parents on. We have not had one of our no, parents on. No, not one on, of ours. So it will be so interesting to hear your perspective of, like, you know, we've talked so much about how I felt so awkward and uncool all those years and felt so... Um, I was just so, I felt so awkward. Well, you were finding yourself, as everybody, you know, spends awkward years finding themselves, and I'm still finding myself. I mean, I don't think that ever stops, that you never reach a a level of, uh, you never reach a level where you accept who you are. I mean, I certainly have never done that, and I don't think any of my kids have done that. And you've gone through all these different stages where you are continued to experiment and explore, 
you know, your far horizons. And, uh, you know, and she always surprising me. You, you would always surprise me. Like one day, it, she came downstairs and she said, Dad, I'm going to um, be an actor, be an actress. And I said, oh, it made sense to me because you're always acting out. So I thought that, that, that wasn't too far from that wasn't too far from your comfort zones. And you, you said, so can you video this, Dad? Just get your video camera because I videoed everything. I still do. I do it with my phone more. And I used to have those, those big Sony, you know, 2K, 4K mm -hmm. cameras, which I still have. But uh, but even the little beta cameras when they were very small. And we do we do uh, family videos every year. We, they're usually about an hour long. And we cut them all together, put music to them. And it's a whole year in videos of all of our it's like a bat mitzvah it's like montage. a bat mitzvah montage it. yeah Far. we do it every we've done it since like 1992 what 1992 92 was the first one <gasps> sorry was 94 it? was technically the first one but then oh. we went back and made 92 93. that's right we went back yeah so so you know so the kids are very they're very accustomed to to that camera going so she she said judge you get fit the video camera and i'll come downstairs and, and so i got my camera standing by and then five minutes later she comes back downstairs and you're sobbing. You're sobbing. Real tears are rolling down your cheeks. And you come over to me and you're shaking and you're scared. And I said, Sasha, what's the matter? And you said, there's a raptor in my room. And it tried to jump through the window to get me. And I got away from it. But, Dad, you've got to go upstairs right now. The raptor. I closed the door, but the raptor's in the room right now. And it was absolutely, I, 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 of course, I, that was the first time I realized Maybe I should put her in a few of my movies. <laughs> it was my best audition. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> so then we started. That's right. In seventh grade, my dad put me in the terminal. Right. And I played the girl in the airport, the spoiled brat, who yells at Tom Hanks for breaking. He's trying. He's helping me close my suitcase, suitcase. and he breaks oh, right. it. He sits on it. Does he, he like it? he like it like, forces it, it yeah. down and then With it breaks both it. the palms of his hand and, yeah. and it's sort of made of that kind of plastic right and it kind of implodes <laughs> right. i found my diary entry from that day and i i i it was actually quite sad it's like i had a lot of fun but i think i probably looked really ugly no i felt that because I, I was so uncomfortable i had braces and acne and i remember um I was in an outfit that like was so uncool, quote unquote. Um, it was uh, because I was just, you know, I wasn't. You were playing a character. I was in a It wasn't viral. you. Right. But I had so much fun that day. And that was, was that the first movie you put me in? Or was there one? I was in Love Letter, you but that was Love Mom's Letter. Movie. Did Nora Ephron put you in? Mixed Nuts. Mixed Nuts. You were a little angel in, yep. uh, in Venice sitting on a bench with other little costumed angels. And Steve Martin like goes by on it. But wait. And you were I... the only one looking in the wrong direction. Exactly. <laughs> no. Which stop. which so individualized her. Yes. <laughs> because You're everybody stopped. else was conforming to Nora's direction and you yeah. were looking off off camera. I just remember that day my yeah. gloves were really itchy and I, I really didn't <laughs> want to be wearing them. I mean <laughs> diva. <laughs> I didn't want to be wearing them. Memory is so but crazy. then you were in Munich? I was in Munich at fifteen. Fifteen. And that was I remember oh God, this is so like I'm whatever. It's fine. I remember, you know, we I had to cry I, I i had to cry right. uh, um and it was my first time crying on camera and um i and i did it successfully yeah i uh, thought you you probably imagined the raptor still in your room. <laughs> yeah, the raptor was in your room <laughs> and i did it like you know we did however many takes and i cried each time you cried each time, and each time. The, we did a lot of takes and the makeup artist went up to me after and she goes you're the only one who didn't need eye drops <gasps> <laughs> star and, and, and then star. then you were in crystal skull 
I was in. Yep, I punched. That I've seen. I punched Shia. <laughs> that right, I've you seen were in that. that. Punched Shia in the diner scene, in the diner brawl. And then you were in the post. I was in the post. Yep, woman with the package. Love. It's just because it's been a tradition since I was. But I feel like I was in something. No, maybe not. Maybe it just started at Terminal. And you weren't in War of the World, right? That was Michaela no, that was and Destry and, and Sawyer and Sawyer. Right. Um, and then Max. Theo and Sawyer were also in Catch Me If You exactly. Can. Exactly. They were standing in the line at the bank. Wait, but then Max is also on the plane in Catch Me If You Can. He was behind Tom behind and Leo sleeping. Sleeping. On the flight to New York. Oh, when he's going Which to Which I was yeah, so was going, jealous when, when of When he's going Max. to jail, yeah. I was so jealous of Max because like, he didn't have to do anything. He just got to sleep. <laughs> he had to just be sleeping on camera and it was so funny. But that's, I mean, it was a, it's, sleeping on camera is hard. It is hard. Um. But no, it was, it really became, and I really was like, okay, I'm going to be an actress. And so I started doing mm-hmm. theater at, um, uh, or all school productions at Marlboro. Right. And then, but, but, but I always wanted to be a musician. I just had really you always, bad stage. You were always singing. Yeah. You were always singing. You know, I, I remember the Celine Dion song from Titanic that My you would sing. Heart Heart will go on, hanging from your four poster bed yeah. and just emoting with one hand out toward camera and her head thrown back. <gasps> Just singing her little heart out. Never forget Sush. that. Oh, no. We went over this recently. You know, I, when we were talking about my first time, my first experience with marijuana in eighth grade, ninth grade. What? You smoked marijuana? I know. I, You're grounded. Well, no, You're I, grounded. I'm grounded. <laughs> but I, Theo got caught. We said this on the podcast. Everything's fine. Um, Theo got caught, and then I turned myself in, which is why I will combat this notion that- <laughs> We're back to the beginning. I- <laughs> It's the one sneaking because I felt so bad. Theo was getting in trouble because I was simultaneously like I was starting to explore that. So I remember turning myself in and you sat on my, you came into the room and sat on my bed and you said the worst thing that you could possibly ever say to me, which was, I'm so disappointed. Disappointed in you. Yeah. And we talked about that recently. And just that. The worst. Is the worst. I've never smoked pot. So, you know, I, I. I was I was a helicopter parent. Oh yeah. Based on having had no experience in that world, right. uh, and oh, I, yeah. I remember I, I I went through the '60s. I know I you was, and I my was, dad are the only two. Your people dad and I, I are very met. close in age that way. Yeah. And I went through the '60s, and I went to Long Beach State College, and it, it was during Bob Dylan. It was during the Beatles. It was during Mom's all that pie. time. Almost in the pot. It was, it was all. I know it was it was a crazy period of marijuana, mescaline, tie sticks. And LSD, not not coke. There was no coke in those days. It was just it was a hallucinogens and marijuana, and I just was terrified that I was going to smoke marijuana. It would immediately get me mainlining heroin, and then I couldn't be a (laughs) director. Then I couldn't be a director. Right. And so that kept me that kept me from even exploring or being part of the popular college kids because everybody assumed, and I had been thrown out of two parties, which I'll never forget. What? Because my reputation of not of, of getting a joint when it it's passed to you and passing it on without putting it near my face got me a reputation. And there were two parties, both in the Long Beach State, where I was asked to leave because people thought I was a narc. You had narc energy. I have narc energy. And they thought I was a narc. So there were two parties I was denied entrance in because of that. That's simple. Had the same thing. I had I had oh, a no. rep. People for, thought that I was a narc. Yeah. It's terrible. We call it narc energy. Narc energy. Narc energy as yeah. well. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. 
We both have it. Yeah, because people. Because I, I get uncomfortable. I get uncomfortable, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Same. I mean, I mean, I can't even take Tylenol PM. I know it's true. Oh my gosh. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> You don't really drink. You don't. You don't really. You don't do. You were very. But look where we are now. I know. (laughs) Because Sash, let that be a lesson to you, folks. I know it's true. It's true. Clear mind. Um, but in, but you did have. Sorry, this is tangential. But you did have, you did have a girlfriend. What grade? Uh, Seventh grade. Seventh, which is early. Before us. Before us, you know. We (laughs) and so. You couldn't have been that. I mean, who is your girlfriend in seventh grade? I don't want to say her name on the air, but uh, but I know her name. And the character in Fableman's Monica is based right. on her. Yep. Even though Monica happens to Sammy when he's a senior. I just went way back in my past. I went back to my Catholic girlfriend in the seventh grade whose parents made us break up because I was Jewish. And oh they did God. not want her daughter going out. Right. We're going to a movie with a Jewish boy. And um, and I did get her across the way Sammy gets Monica across. I did get her a little. That cross. was the funniest scene. That I mean, and, it was so funny. And it's so good. Thank you. And and when and when her, I found out later that it was her parents who called my parents, and said to my mom and dad, "We do not want him ever talking to her at school." My dad, I know, flipped out. He was because. He was talking to two anti-Semites yeah, on the right, telephone. Totally. Um, but I remember the way she broke the news to me. It was so sweet. She had taken the cross that I had given her, and she had put it around her neck like a going steady talisman, right? Aww. And she asked me to wait until after school was over. And I waited for her after school. And she brought me over to the blackboard. I will never forget this. <sighs> she took a piece of chalk, and she put me my back to the blackboard, and she drew a line over the top of my head on against the blackboard where I came to. And then she stood next to me and she took the same piece of chalk and drew a line just above her head where she came to. Then she we both stepped back and her line was like three inches higher than my line. And then she reached behind her neck, unclasped the cross, <gasps> and silently gave me back the cross, burst into tears and ran out of the room. Wait, that is the that is insane. And and I and, and and that's how she let me know that she couldn't be with me anymore because she was taller than me. But th- <laughs> but then crazy. my parents told me the the gospel truth, what had really been going on between the two houses. Oh my! That is insane. And that was my first kiss. That was the first girl I ever kissed. In seventh grade, so seventh you were twelve. Were you wait? Because your birthday's December, so were you old for your grade or young for your grade? I don't remember. Like, did you December eighteenth? Did you get your license before your friends or after your friends? I don't even remember that. Okay, because I because you're I was old for old my for age. your grade. I was old old for my age. Old for my grade. Old for, old for my. I was old for my age. <laughs> you were. You had an old soul. <laughs> so, uh, because I because that to me, you know, if someone was older, like you know, I'm 1990, but if there was a student in my grade born in 89, like. Just having age on someone, it automatically made them cool. For sure. So you, I mean, you were automatically cool. Well, I was cool because I had older sisters. That was what, that was like the big thing because I had, Essie would drive me and my friends around and that was really cool. But then I always thought that the only reason why I had friends was because I had older sisters because Essie, my eldest sister, famously worked at the Cheesecake Factory at the Galleria. My favorite place. My favorite place. Oh my God. So that was Essie's first job. It was right when the Galleria opened and that Mm -hmm. was where everybody went on Friday nights if I didn't have Shabbat, which was every Friday and I could never go. But we would go to the Galleria and Essie would get all my friends free French fries and free Cokes and like free 
brown bread and white bread. And like, I felt so cool because I had this older sister, but then I would always, every time I would see my friends, they'd be like, can I see get us in? Like, can I yeah. see get us into the cheesecake factory? I'm like, it was, if it was like a club. Um, and so then I always felt like all the boys in school just wanted to hang out with my sister because she was like older. Well, welcome to my world with my father. <laughs> <laughs> you and I can relate. Well, there you to go. That. There you they go. Only like me they only that. liked me because the brown bread. Endless breadsticks. Or and no, not endless breadsticks. No, brown bread, right, brown white bread, bread, white bread, the best butter ever, and French fries. But you endless. were the eldest of your. You had three younger sisters. Yeah, so and Sue and Nancy. I'm, I'm they, the oldest. Did you make them cool? Like, did they, and were they? I don't even. I haven't ever asked this actually. Were they cool in middle school, high school? Y- yeah, I, I. You know, I think Nancy, who's the youngest was always pretty cool. Yeah. You know, she she Baby. certainly yeah, and and I and I also think that yeah, I think they I think they had they certainly had a really really loyal tight circle of friends. And I don't know where it was on the popularity graph. You know, I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know where, where that was in their own estimation. The but I know that they didn't have those social anxieties that I had. They didn't have the same social oh, anxieties really? that I had. Yeah. Okay, so I used to wake up in 7th grade Eighth grade, ninth grade, and I used to. Do you remember I called it morning sickness because I would get so nauseous before school. You would get so nauseous before school because I was so. And uh, that's very much like my mom. Oh. Lee would my get God. nauseous in the morning, especially if she was excited. If she had a great day planned and she was so excited for the day, her reaction to a great day ahead would be to feel nauseous in the morning. Oh so you've got that directly from Lee, from your oh. grandma. Oh. So, but did you feel that before? School spilkus spilkus yeah, spilkus. spilkus that's spilkus. a great word it's, it's, Love it. it's some of the best words are in Yiddish so oh, yeah. spilk I I, I would I was always uh, <laughs> I was always a bit spilky my name is synonymous with spilkus, spilkus. Yeah. I know and I got that from you because I get but it's also a jet fuel I, I think mm. spilkus is a good thing for me because it makes me it certainly makes me um, more aware of having to do good work. Or having to paint myself out of a corner, yeah. Or having to be inventive if I don't have an answer, a, a solution. And so, in, in a way, I've always, if I didn't have Spilkus, I, I, I don't think I would have lasted as long as I have as a filmmaker, because Spilkus is also goes hand in hand with ambition, uh, a passion, lusting after a good story if if I can find one to tell. And, and there's that little nervous tickle in your stomach that can be interpreted as being a, a little bit, your stomach gets a little upset because there's so much excitement ahead. And and, and I, it may just be a characteristic of my Ashkenazi upbringing, <laughs> mm-hmm. or it could just be unique to my process. But in any case, I can't live without it. I need the Shvilkas. You're making me verklempt. I know, I feel well, verklempt. If you could go back and tell your 12-year-old, 13-year-old self anything, what would it be? Um, Be patient. It's all going to happen for you. But be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Is there anything we missed talking? Is there anything else you want to talk about with middle school or high school? or Just that I couldn't have Christmas lights on our home, but I did learn the Lord's Prayer. And had to Sasha speak it, and had Lord's to re- and had to recite it every morning in elementary school. So did I. You 
Sasha, yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe that Sasha knew the Lord's Prayer, and I because we had an episode where I think it was with Benny. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come. come thy, thy will be done, done on earth, earth as, as it is in heaven. heaven. Well, my dad and I just recite that all the time to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we just go through our nostalgia and give it up to the Lord. That, that's what we do. But my favorite thing to do with you, which brings out the seventh grade. Eighth grader, ninth grade, just brings out the younger self in me, the child in me, is when I'm sitting at it. Whenever I come over, I will sit immediately at the piano and you'll be watching a movie and you'll see that I've arrived, but I've gone straight to the piano and you'll say, you'll come up and I'll be working on a song and you'll sit down on the piano with me and then we'll create songs together and you do the top melodies right. and I'll do the bottom right. and I was listening through voice notes recently and some of the melodies that you've come up with, which is like, you are a natural melody maker. You have some brilliant. Well, I've had Johnny Williams in my life for 51 years. But it's some, first of all, he's an amazing whistler, which I don't know if anyone knows this, but. You're an um, amazing whistler? Incredible whistler. I can't whistle into a microphone. Yeah, it won't work. Right. It won't yeah. work on um, a mic. But. Get the, get the. but some of your melodies, and you and I will just sit at the piano for hours and we'll just have fun we'll play it's like playing it's like what we used to do when I was really young it's just play and you I let you take top always you take top lines and some of your melodies like I will end up putting those on a record and you'll have a writing yeah publishing. you'll have yeah you'll get publishing you'll get publishing well, that's great because <laughs> if, if if you get a Grammy and I get credit on your Grammy then I get to be an EGOT. I'm shocked you don't have a Grammy. I think you and John Williams need to do like a collab duo well, album. You have- they say you can get a Grammy if you do a spoken album. So yeah. Maybe I just the do the Prayer. Guns of Navarone yeah, and it'll be, considered, it'll be considered a comedy album. Yeah. And you maybe I get tracks. it for comedy album of the yeah. year. Bring it back. Bring it back. Well, Dad... This I thank you so much. I love you. Um, and I'm 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 so lucky that you came from me and mom. And I'm so lucky for your existence. And I'm so lucky for Theo's and, and for Sawyer's and for Kayla's and for Destry's and for Max's and for Jessica's. I, I am just so blessed. We are so blessed to have all of you. I'm so blessed. I'm the best dad in the world. Sorry. Sorry. It's true. No, actually, your dad is amazing too. No, we're both. It's just, it is so crazy. Just, you're so similar to my dad, which is so crazy. That's why you, that's why your dad and me hit it off so much, so well. Yeah. That's why you and I are such close friends. It's the same. We're the same. Um, And also, I just would like to add, uh, everyone knows my obsession with The Sims, but um, in my 20s, I would come to this very office. 29 um and play the sims my dad would be in meetings in the other room yep. and i would come here solely for the free lunch and the free sims exactly <laughs> and i would play the sims oh, at my dad's do after computer yeah. yes part of me is like okay Can we just well, the, alana and i want to ride the tram maybe. i know we want to ride the tram that was my that was my dream job growing up i always wanted, wanted to, be, to be a tour guide i wanted to be the tour guide on the on the tram you right still here could. i honestly you could still, be a guest tour guide yeah, i would exactly that is my dream fulfilled i i that Alana was my favorite Heim, ride uh, doing a tour guide here would be a big hit i would be, be, a, be I, I, I think it would i want it to be my job the thing is, is like i mean i've talked about it so many times but they used to take you to the clock tower for from back to the future they don't do it anymore there also used to be a part of it where you go on a bridge i forget what movie it's from but it like breaks down it breaks down and the whole bridge like a tunnel rotates yeah so you feel like you feel the vertigo and i also i also told sasha that the et ride was my favorite ride because et said your name he said your and name every time and, that's and i never wanted. knew how i never knew how and then I, obviously i realized you go in and they like they're like this is your badge to you know yeah. your thing and you gotta and put like, your name on the badge you put your the name computer on the badge yeah takes it and puts it in a queue 
Oh, yeah. And then E.T. says your name, and I'll give you one little factoid. The woman who Ben Burt, the sound designer of E.T., who he discovered her, she was a, she, 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 she had a, she smoked a lot of cigarettes, and that's why her voice was so low. He, he cast her, met her in a drugstore. She had never done any acting before, and she became the voice of E.T. What? When the movie came out and we designed the ride for the tour, she had to record 2,700 first names, which she did herself. Are you kidding? So every single first name that you heard uh, E.T. E. recall oh my God. Or, or identify was done from the original vocal artist who did the voice of E.T. Oh, my That's God. That's wild. But then Sasha, I don't think, was in. Or did you put yeah, Sasha? Yeah, 100% Sasha was no, in there. No, because the movie was made before my time. Well, movies yeah, made in, the movie was made. came out in eighty two. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah, ninety. Made, made in, yeah, but, but it had. E- I mean, it was like Elaine or something for me. But I was oh, like, Et knows my name. I know. It's close. What if it's I was close. like, it's close enough. I just needed validation constantly, so I just wrote, wrote Et right all of Sasha. seventh grade. Goodbye, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> just for valid, just to hear a man say my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my devastated. god, I miss that ride so much. I do too. I, miss I really it. miss it. Well, we can, we can we're gonna go we're gonna we're go gonna on the go mommy well, well, and pretend we're nostalgic just remember what it was like I know just, just live in our memories which I do I we, we do this is why we have the podcast I know I actually still, did they redo the Jurassic this is uh, doesn't have to be on the pod but did they redo the Jurassic Park ride they, well they, they is it open they update, graded it yeah, and it made it open. into Jurassic World uh, and it is open yes yeah it's open yes. I'm like we're going <laughs> get on like, your wet get right you, you can get, you, I, I can send you up to Hogwarts right now if you want to go up there <laughs> let's go let's go to Hogwarts <laughs> we're gonna go to, okay guys great to talk to you we're gonna yeah, go to thank Hogwarts thank you we're gonna go to Hogwarts um, thank, thank you so you, much thank for you. doing this this was the most fun I love this thank you so much thank you Alana I'm so happy okay I love you I'll see you in a minute I'll see you in a minute and then I'm having dinner with See you. See when we're off the air and I'm having dinner with you tonight. <laughs> you and Harry. That's perfect. Me and Harry. And mom. Okay, that's our plan. Okay. Okay, love you, Dad. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Thank you for listening to Free Period, a presentation of Cadence 13 and Odyssey Studio. New episodes every Tuesday. Bye. Bye.